Well, another week in isolation means another opportunity for Zach Bailey, Dan Walsh and Alicia Newton to jibber about the greatest game of all, rugby league. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the NRL podcast once again. We hope you're all faring pretty well despite the uh, coronavirus pandemic uh, in Australia at the moment. Uh, we had some great news last week with the date of May 28th set for the NRL return. Dan Walsh, what do we know this week that we didn't know this time last week? Uh, well, long and short, May 28 is still what we're aiming for. So it's not exactly new, but it's still on the cards. And uh, that's as good a result as any, but there's been plenty of drama along the way as well. So, yeah, it's been an interesting week. Alicia, it has been a busy week. Uh, every day or multiple times a day, there's an update from a politician or some senior member within society having their two bobs uh, worth about when the NRL should return. Um, do you think players and fans are getting a little bit confused about the whole situation? I definitely think that the players aren't convinced that the May 28 date is actually going to happen. And I find that, I found it a little bit surprising this week talking to a few players. They were still obviously, um, you know, running with that RLPA line of it's still going to get approved. So they're not getting their hopes up too much. Um, but, yeah, I thought that they'd be jumping out of their skin a little bit more. But they definitely said that it's been a bit of a relief to know that there is a date planned, but they're also not, um, yeah, overly convinced that, that it will turn out that way. So I guess interesting. I guess like fans and everyone involved in the game, it's it's more hopeful than optimistic. Is that the feeling you get? Yeah, I think the fans are a lot more optimistic than probably the players at this point, um, which you can also understand given, you know, the professionalism of them and, and, and I guess they'd know a little bit more of what's happening and what needs to get pushed through the gates um, for it to all kind of happen. But whereas the fans are just set on that May 28 date, the players are a bit more wary of of all the things that need to be um, done before that. Obviously, you've got players coming from different clubs and different states as well, which, um, you know, they, they're, they're in it, whereas the fans, not so much. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably, you've hit the nail on the head there, Alicia, in terms of, yeah, players, especially, as you said, interstate and the Warriors players, they realise just how much planning still has to go ahead in terms of when and where and how, I guess, is the big one. And uh, obviously we've got um, some pretty important negotiations between uh, Peter Volandis, Todd Greenberg and the like, and um, the broadcasters that will, honestly, they will dictate what kind of season we're looking at at the moment, as of today, uh, Thursday. Uh, so they've sat down with each of the broadcasters and uh, basically beyond that, um, once those talks get, once, everyone lands on the same page there, then the next stage of planning can be made. But until then, uh, yeah, it's, it is a little bit of a holding pattern compared to, you know, some of the prog progress that came last week. There's been ongoing talk, as I said, Dan, all this week about what, you know, competition uh, will be in place if we do start on May 28. Do we know what it will look like? Will it only be 13 rounds? Will we get in more? Um, yeah, what's the go there? Uh, couldn't give you an answer at this stage. Uh, I'd say minimum will be 13 rounds. That is what that is a base level. But as far as uh, how many more games can be fit in, 
uh, where Origin lands, everything like that, it's still very much up in the air because it's dictated by these broadcast negotiations. And uh, yeah, until that happens, there was, uh, so the Project Apollo, the um, yeah, optimistically named uh, Innovations Committee, they were due to meet tomorrow on Friday. That meeting's been pushed back till next Wednesday. So, and that's because these things need to be thrashed out with Channel 9 and Foxtel first before any any plans can be made with any real certainty uh, on that front. Alicia, since we spoke last week, uh, Roosters chairman, Nick Politis came out and said, guys, those first couple of games, we've got to scrap them. We've got to wipe the points. Uh, is it ironic that the Roosters, the defending premiers, who have had slow starts in recent years, uh, are 0-2 to start the year? Do we know if those points for those teams... The six teams that have, you know, won all their games so far this year, will they definitely remain going forward? I think, yeah, I think at this stage they will, you know, I do wonder whether if, you know, if Nick's um, Roosters team had won their first two, whether he would have those views as well. I mean, Craig Bellamy knocked it on its head, pretty much said, you know, we didn't travel away uh, for two games to for nothing. Jaden Braley didn't do his ACL for nothing. So... Um, yeah, I mean, it, it pretty much got quashed pretty pretty quickly too with, with Volandis um, saying that it probably won't happen. Teams will keep their keep their points. And uh, I spoke to Josh Jackson earlier in the week as well, obviously Bulldogs captain and, and they're Owen too, and he said he would have felt really uncomfortable if that was the case. Um, you know, you don't see these sort of things coming, but he also said that they put themselves in that situation in the first place. So why should they... I guess, get a bit of an advantage coming back. And I think that's pretty fair. Um, I mean, I, I don't know which captains would probably feel all right with it. Um, it, it is a cutthroat business, but I think also, um, you know, common sense prevails. And it's, as as Craig Bellamy said, you know, earlier in the week too, that we're trying to just get the game back on track, not so much innovate it too much, overexpose it too much. Yeah, Dan, you mentioned the Warriors earlier. Given the hold-up between the broadcasters and the NRL at the moment, what does that mean for the Warriors' plans? Uh, last week, they we heard they could be uh, flying to Australia as early as this weekend, and every NRL team uh, could be training um, back in one group uh, with their teammates as of May 4. Well, yeah, that's, I guess that is the big development in that there hasn't been any development there. So as it stands, because the NRL hasn't been able to show the Warriors, you know, what the competition looks like, where they would be based, where they would be playing, uh, there's still negotiations ongoing with the, the New Zealand and state governments about quarantine procedures and, you know, whether families can come into the country or whether players would be on their own. Uh, so given all that is still up in the air, uh, the Warriors, you can take it as red, they won't be flying this week. Uh, they were due to fly on Sunday, which is four days from when this podcast is, be, is being recorded. And now, so they're still in ongoing talks with the NRL about all these contingencies and all these logistics. Um, the Warriors have made it plain that they want to be a part of this competition and the NRL has made it just as plain that they want them in the competition as well. So everyone's working towards the same goal, but in terms of getting there, uh, it's gonna take a bit of time. And one of the things around that, so the way it was working was for the, NRL, for the Warriors to meet a proposed training date of, of May 4, 
which would have been a, a pre-season of three weeks. They would have had to have left this Sunday and then quarantined for two weeks. So there's been a couple of options. Well, one of the things that has been, um, I guess not set in stone, but agreed to uh, rival coaches through the newly formed um, coaches uh, association. They've agreed that they won't take their teams back to training until the Warriors are able to do so as well. So that's been uh, put on the record. Uh, Trent Robinson has spoken out, spoken and said this as well, and said we won't take our teams back to training until the Warriors can to make sure that everyone gets a, a fair lead in. And then, so that gives a little bit of leeway in terms of timing. Yeah, it moves. That May four date is uh, it's movable, it's transient, and then. Beyond that, there's a couple of options that are being considered. Uh, one is that the Warriors could potentially play, could potentially not make the May 28 kickoff date and not be there for the first round back, but could make it, but could play that one at another date throughout the season, potentially, whether that's a midweek game, whether that's when Origin is played, uh, still very much up in the air and a long way to go in any sort of scenarios there. But, and then another option that's just gone to, um, this is purely a report and it's coming off the New Zealand Herald, so uh, sources over in New Zealand. Uh, one of the other options is for them to, rather than quarantine in, uh, in a hotel, such as you see people doing when they come, into, come back into Australia for 14 days, uh, an option could be to, for the Warriors to be put up in a self-contained facility. Uh, and that way they'd be able to, to quarantine and observe those two weeks with no public interaction, but they'd be able to train together. Uh, so Wellington Phoenix in the A-League, they came across uh, last month and they did that uh, based in North Sydney. And there's obviously plenty of facilities around Sydney, if that is where we're playing the competition, that you know they could put up an NRL team. Uh, so that is one of the other things that has been suggested. And at the moment though, it's... Uh, Basically, they'll come back to the table with the Warriors at the start of the next week and work out where, where they go and ideally when they go and have a bit more clarity from there. So is the NRL unlikely to move that 28 return date to suit the Warriors? They'd rather kick off then and have the Warriors play uh, the catch-up game against whoever it might be at the end of the season? Uh, it's probably... It'd be a bit much to say they're favouring one or the other. It's more that these are the options they have. So I think ideally, and the reason why they put out the May 28 date is to have a concrete, you know, a concrete date that people can work towards that can you know, give some surety across the place. So of course, the ideal option is having the Warriors there, uh, but we're, but they're also open to moving that back if need be. And of course that that happens if uh, if there is a change in you know the medical scenarios around COVID-19 but yeah there is options to move it back and there is options to work with a May 28 date and moving the Warriors around that as well uh, there's plenty of options put it that way that's that's about as much as as concrete as I can get at the moment. Alicia do you think the main worry from across the ditch is from the players who are worried about being away from their family from an extended period? We've got Broncos veteran Darius Boyd, who's in his final season in the NRL. He said there's no way he's going to stay away from his family for three or four months if the comp is going to be based in Sydney. And his family's in Brisbane in the same country, let alone a different country. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we've already seen um, Adam Blair's wife, Jess, come out and also say how difficult it is for the players to be away for so long. So how they kind of navigate that. And that's always been, you know, the issue, even when they were over here for their week and a half, two weeks um, in the first place. I think, I think Darius said what a lot of players are probably thinking. He just actually came out and said it. So he won't be the first player, I don't think. Um, sorry, won't be the last player to say it. So, um, yeah, it was pretty pretty stern from him too. He, uh, he doesn't hold back these days, Darius. He just tells it how it is. And, and um, you know, if that's how he feels and that's how he feels and the clubs have got to kind of navigate around that. Yeah, just Darius is obviously, and it is great that he's speaking his mind and putting across a point of view that some other players I'm sure would have, but might not be willing to express it. But at the same, at the opposite end of a scale, um, last week, I had a yarn with uh, young Patrick Herbert, the centre at the Warriors, who might remember he left Australia early because his wife had just given birth to uh, their firstborn. Uh, Paddy's either 22 or 23, so young bloke, young family. And uh, he said, given, given I'm off contract and it's, a young, and it's my young family, I'll, I will go and play because I need to try and earn myself a new deal and put, put food on the table. So it's just a, there's no right or wrong answer and you can't judge someone for their stance on it. It's just that there is people in all sorts of uh, situations at the moment. Dan, I'm just going to throw this, sorry, Alicia, throw this out there just because it's come to mind. If we're in a situation where the NRL wants the, uh, all the teams and all the players to return on May 28, but the Warriors can't make that date, the team that they are set to play in round one, which would then become at the end of the year, will they also be held back a week training so they don't get an extra week of training under their belt? I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know the answer. Uh, Unfair advantage. Is the easy answer. No? Neither do I. But uh, no, I think, uh, well, it would go back to the, uh, to the coaches' agreements that has been made, whether that, and obviously that can change, but uh, to a man and some of the, and these, so the, um, the Coaches Association, it's only a new organisation, but it's got Wayne Bennett, Craig Bellamy, Desi Hasler, Robinson, most of the big names in the game, they've all said, no, we need to bring everyone onto parity here and we're going to hold, hold to our word that we won't go before the Warriors go. So rugby league's competitive, but uh, there is a gentleman's agreement for the moment around that anyway. Oh, it could be juicy. It could be very <laughs> juicy. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Alicia, uh, some news on State of Origin. The Queensland uh, Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk uh, has said no origin will be in her state in 2020. What does that mean for the three-game series this year? Well, how good is that if you're a Blues supporter? You, you know, you're happy to see Queensland in your backyard three times a year. Um, yeah, it was pretty, again, it was pretty, pretty tough stance from her early on um, to come out and say that, you know, whether it's, it's still early days, I guess, in regards to origin. But um, I think... I think, you know, she, she's trying to obviously look after this, her state as well and and show that, you know, rugby league players aren't aren't immune to it. They they can easily, you know, catch it themselves and then they don't deserve, you know, I guess any special treatment. So, yeah, pretty tough words. Obviously, um, Kevy Walters has come out and said we're happy to play in Sydney three times, which I thought was, was, um, was also interesting. So there was no real fight against that at all, Dan. 
we might be going a bit hard on poor old Anna. She did say, ideally, we could get Origin underway, but she doesn't see it happening anytime soon. Uh, not until she suggested maybe uh, December for um, Queensland to open itself up to yeah, players coming and going in, in there. Uh, obviously, and Peter Volandis has pointed out that the scenario is going to change in the next six weeks, let alone in the next six months. So. Uh, basically asking them to come to the table again. But um, the New South Wales Rugby League has also graciously come to the table and, and offered to host all three Origin games, no worries. So, oh, what a surprise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they've even offered to put the Queenslanders up, which is just, you know, <laughs> lovely of them. Yeah. Oh, again, mate versus mate, state versus state. Get them down into New South Wales. They're more than happy to house them for a few weeks as long as they get uh, three home games, I'm sure. Uh, Alicia, uh, let's look back towards the NRL competition. Uh, how different will lineups for round three, if we're calling it that, or the rebirth of rugby league? Uh, how different will they be from the last round of footy that we saw a couple of weeks ago in round two? Yeah, we'll see plenty of uh, players back from injury, put it that way, Zach. Um, I think the biggest biggest winners out of it would be Sharks, Dragons, uh, you know, looking at the Dragons, Cameron McGuinness, Tariq Corbin-Sims, Drew Back. Uh, Sharks have got Bronson Cherry, Matt Moylan, Josh Dugan. So all those guys that had those niggling injuries in the first two rounds are, are pretty much on track. It's, it's more just the long-term guys or guys that have picked up, you know, two, three-month injuries in that round two um, fixtures that, that will be pushing it for June. But, uh yeah, there'll be there'll be a few changes, no doubt about it, and and you know, teams are only probably going to be stronger. To be fair, it's going to be tough. I think West Tigers have probably got the hardest decision to make with Madge. Obviously, Harry Grant arrives at the club. Um, he's got Luke Brooks coming back, Moses Embai. You know, their whole reserve grade team has basically got first grade experience, and now they don't have a reserve grade games to go off either. So it's um it's just going to throw it all through a big loop. Um. But yeah, check out the lineups on NRL.com. I'm sure there'll be changes throughout the next six weeks. Um, and obviously, there's a few boys suspended as well. Caelan Palmer has to wait an extra week. So Potentially, um, we'll see our boy Tex Hoy make his debut. Yeah, 20-year-old. Yeah. Local product. Local product. Um, the son yeah. of uh, champion surfer uh, Matt Hoy. He's been doing good things up there. But... Um, Dan, what about uh, Matt Lodge? Where does he fit in the Chemist Warehouse casualty ward at the moment? Will he still be in the casualty ward when footy returns? Uh, according to Anthony Seabold, uh, ideally not, no, which is um, it's a hell of a development. In terms of, so you might remember, Lodge went down in about February at the start of the year, uh, fearing that, uh, unfortunately, another ACL tear there. Scans came back uh, afterwards and revealed that it was a partial tear. And so Lodge had been sitting out, you know, he obviously didn't play in the first two rounds, but he'll go see his specialist in a couple of weeks. And if he gets through, if he gets the all clear from that and Brisbane are expecting him to, he'll be uh, able to jump on the paddock with his teammates whenever they do. So early May is the idea. And then, yeah, potentially May 28, if that's the date, uh, Lodge is either there or a week a week after. So for a bloke as important as he is, uh, to only miss two games with what was feared to be you know, a season-ending ACL rupture, uh, that's a hell of a development for the Broncos. And 
that first week back, they'll also have Joe Offiangawi. He comes back from a uh, from two week suspension for a bit of off field ill discipline. Uh, they'll also have Brody Croft, Corey Oates, uh, Jordan Carhu, and they're all just niggling injuries that they would have been right to play with, you know, in a week or two had we had a normal competition. But now that we're coming back, you know, a couple of months later, they'll definitely be right to go. That's a massive, massive boost for the uh, Broncos in terms of their lineup for when footy returns. Alicia, what does uh, this whole um, pause in the season or uh, suspended season mean for players who are rehabbing and coming back from injuries at the moment? Because I guess their access to facilities and physios and all that kind of thing would be limited. Yeah, I had a chat to uh, Ryan James today, but I also um, have spoken to a few, I guess, high-performance staff over the last couple of weeks. So basically, you know, the NRL have got restrictions in place in terms of um, being able to uh, rehab players and their injuries, especially if they're like muscle injuries. Um, obviously, you've got hands-on contact with players and and given all the, the uh, regulations around, um, you know, keeping a distance one and a half metres, it... Um, yeah, it's it's all been very, um, I guess, brought down in terms of what players can and can't do with their rehab. So Ryan James, um, to give a rough guide, he'd usually have about one or two sessions of rehab a day um, at Titans training, and that's been restricted to one or two a week. So that's that's kind of put his rehab way back. He's about seven weeks post-op um, from his ACL injury. So... He's, he remains a little bit hopeful that he could get back if the comp went through to December. He's obviously off contract this year, so um, he's he's in a bit of a pickle at the moment. But um, yeah, I guess it's just a it's just a guide that you know these injured players are also not getting the proper treatment that they probably need to. Obviously, it's all very intense and gets them back on the park a lot quicker. So yeah, there's um I'm thinking guys like Jaden Braley, um, even Jack Bird you know, guys that have just need that intense treatment probably won't get that that proper treatment um, this year. Um, Alicia, yeah, just on Jack Bird, uh, I've just written a story as well on him. Uh, he won't be back in 2020, uh, given it's his second ACL in a row to the same knee. Uh, it's been a different surgery, but he's looking at uh, potentially 12, 14 months or so, which is tough news for a bloke of his ability and he's had a wretched run, 17 games in three years. But uh, the silver lining is he does have a player option in his favour, in his contract for 2021. So under normal circumstances, that was due to be taken up in May. Uh, Obviously contracts are on hold at the moment, but all, all indications are that Jack will take that option up and he'll be back with the Broncos in 2021. And He's eyeing off the number one jumper again because by all reports up there, uh, they were pretty impressed with how he was taking taking on that new duty before, unfortunately, going down at training. Yeah. Well, uh, we can't wait to see Jack Bird back uh, in the NRL. He's had way too much rotten luck come his way. I'm actually speaking to John Bateman tomorrow morning. So hopefully there's good news on the injury front for the Raiders uh, back rower, given he's missed the first couple of games with a shoulder injury. But I guess he's like Ryan James and hasn't been getting the treatment that he has wanted to. Uh, as our viewers or listeners would know, uh, simply the best. Our polls have been going gangbusters. Last week, Billy Slater was deemed the best fullback 
in the last 30 years. Uh, this week, more than 150,000 fans voted online on our official NRL Instagram and Facebook accounts and at nrl.com to vote on the best wingers. Drum roll, please. Wendell Saylor and Hazem El Masri were deemed the best two wingers the last 30 years. Uh, just quickly, guys, who was unlucky? Definitely B Moles. I had him had him on last week, and um, yeah, I would have him and Hazem sort of went neck and neck at that point. But I did did have a quick chat to Hazem today, and he couldn't believe it. He had a he said he jumped on NRL.com and had a look at the list, and he was very surprised to see his name right up there. So um, yeah, he said lucky lucky fans have got good memories because usually they are all going for the modern day heroes these days. So he was pretty pumped. Uh, just on Hazem, I've got a good a good blow story about uh, about the great man. Uh, my mum teaches up on a uh, on an island off Northern Territory, uh, Indigenous uh, population. They don't get a hell of a lot of rugby league up there either. It's all AFL. But one of the one of my mum's colleagues, she was a mad Bulldogs fan and actually named her son Hazem. So you've got an eight-year-old Indigenous kid running around on an island named after a rugby league player he's never seen beyond YouTube highlights. Uh, I was talking to Hazem about something completely unrelated and I mentioned that there was a kid named after him. He wouldn't leave me alone until I got the address and he sent him up a, uh, a basket full of goodies, all signed. Uh, there were shirts, there were shorts, there were hats, visors, specially made Hazem El Masri gear. And so now the entire family is kitted out in Hazem El Masri merchandise. Jeez, how good is that, Hazem? Uh, alongside, uh, yeah, he deserves, uh, yeah, winger of the, you know, of the simply the best generation, absolutely, for being just a legend. Yeah. Yeah, and I had a chat to Wendell Saylor today. Uh, he was stoked. He was similar um, with Hazem, saying that you know he checked out NRL.com once he uh, knew it was up, and he said uh, the word humble isn't usually. Uh, something that you associate with his name, but he was humbled uh, by his uh, nomination or the award of being uh, the most popular and best winger of the last 30 years. Uh, our poll for the, our centres will be online tomorrow. That's Friday at midday. I'll just quickly run through the candidates. Uh, Andrew Enninghausen, Mark Gasnier, Ryan Girdler, Justin Hodges, Greg Inglis, Jamie Lyon, Mal Meninga, Matt Gidley, Steve Renoff and Nigel Vangana. Dan, uh, who are your two centres that have been simply the best over the last 30 years? It's got to be Big Mal. And I used to love Andrew Eddinghausen as well. Uh, just watching the hair fly down the sideline. Yeah, it's a pretty impressive sight. Alicia? I'm stumped. I've gone. I could be any one of those guys. Um, yeah, I'd have to stick with ET, although I didn't see a whole lot of him growing up. Um, he was a bit before my era, but um, maybe even GI. I think he's pretty tough to leave out. Um, but yeah, gosh, it could be any one of those guys. Mal, Jamie Lyon, even very underrated. I think Mal will be there. Personally, I think GI will be there, but Steve Ranoff would be very unlucky uh, to mm -hmm. miss out on uh, being alongside Mal in the centres. You look at the emissions Matt Cooper, Will Chambers, Terry Hill, Michael Jennings, Sean Timmons, Matt, uh, Mark Coyne, Chris Johns, Latrell Mitchell, Jared McCracken. Uh, so uh, plenty of competition uh, there. Uh, you can vote online at nrl.com. The 10 nominees will be trimmed down to the final two candidates next Wednesday. Then you'll be able to vote on Facebook or Instagram for your simply the best centres. Of course, we're going to go through all nine positions and then the coach uh, as well. Uh, guys, uh, your highlight of, I think this is week four in isolation. 
once again, it's when I get to trawl back through the archives and have a yarn to old footy players about old games. Um, this week on Wednesday, we screened 1994, game one of the... Uh, Origin series there, New South Wales versus Queensland. Had a chat with Tim Brusher and he told me how he ended up on the back cover of a 12th Man album by Billy Birmingham, uh, threatening to punch in Billy Birmingham's head. Uh, the story's on NRL.com. It's a good yarn. Go have a read. Alicia? Uh, I'm going to take it back to uh, mostly Masu's um, injury over in the UK. Obviously, it's, it's hit pretty hard over there, but he got a, managed to get another week um, in hospital over there and he's making really good progress with his recovery so it's it's good to see that happening he had a good chat I think uh, I think it was on nrl.com this week um, or last week so check it out uh, yeah he's obviously a former rooster and been played a few games in the NRL so it's nice to see him back on his feet yeah well my that's uh, very well said uh, my highlight has been uh, all the trick shots we've seen players try to do uh, potential rugby league player one day in Quade Cooper, he's been setting uh, a trend, hasn't he? And a lot of people have been uh, following suit. But if you don't follow Johnny Tuivasa, the brother of Roger Tuivasa, Sheck, the Warriors captain on Instagram, do yourself a favour. I've been absolutely in, in awe of some of the videos uh, that he has been shooting. He's very, very talented. I'll say he's as talented with his uh, video camera skills and acting skills and editing skills as He's a Dallium medal winning brother is. So uh, do yourself a favour, guys, if you don't follow him. Um, this week, Dan, you mentioned Wednesday night we had the 1994 Game 1 uh, Origin Classic match. Uh, tonight, if you get uh, listen, to this in time, uh, listen to this podcast in time, we've got the 2012 uh, Roosters versus Rabbitohs round 19 match. That was an absolute classic. Friday night footy, we've got the 1999 qualifying final between the Sharks and Broncos. On Saturday night, Bundaberg Rum Classic match between the Bulldogs and Eels in their prelim final in 2009. And on Sunday, the grand final classic match between the Broncos and the Cowboys. How good was it 2015? One of my favourite rugby league memories. You can watch that on NRL.com, on Facebook, our live stream at our official NRL uh, page and also on YouTube. Guys, I'm going to get in first. You can't beat Sunday Arvo footy, four o'clock. Uh, that classic of 2015. Too good. Too it's good. A rough, uh, that's a rough week for Broncos fans. That 99 <laughs> game, we came from absolutely nowhere to make the eight. It was one of the worst starts to a, to a finalist they've ever, to, to go on and make the finals. Worst starts of the year in history. And then get there, one versus eight, and Cronulla absolutely towed them up. It was something like 40 to 22. Well, spoiler, but uh, yeah. <laughs> A tough one. A tough one for Broncos fans this week. Alicia, which is which is the game that you'll definitely be glued to? Yeah, I can't I can't go past that grand final. Remember like obviously living in Sydney, remember they were worried about it not selling out and, and no one travelling and, and it's an all Queensland grand final. Move it to Suncorp and it turned out to be like just the perfect grand final really. It doesn't doesn't get much better. Um oh nine, Bulldogs Eels, I remember that a little bit. Obviously the Jared Hain train um yeah he was he was on fire in that back end of that that season so um yeah plenty to watch this week yep can't wait to tune into all those matches uh dan and alicia as always uh, thank you again for joining me on this week's nrl podcast and to our loyal listeners out there thank you again 
for tuning in. Hopefully this time next week, we'll have more clarity around what will be happening with the rest of the 2020 season when it kicks off again and when the Warriors will be playing their first game. Uh, Take care, look after yourselves. And remember, rugby league, always the greatest game of all.